right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. And as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is Awesome PlayStation Podcast. This is episode 283. And this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel over on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS. This is awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at Jakesaw01. And as always, you can write us at pssisawesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share this show with your friends and be sure to leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit. And like I said last week, pause the episode right now. Go give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Share it on your Facebook feed or your Twitter or whatever. Say, hey, these motherfuckers are awesome. And then come right back to the podcast and then we will thank you in five, four, three, two, one. Thank you for doing that very, very much. And uh, reminder, we're a video podcast as well, so you can watch the show if you prefer over at our YouTube channel, so be sure to subscribe to that. And if you're new or a long-time listener, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 level. The Patreon tier is called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron. We'll mail you one of these free die-cut vinyl stickers in the mail and give you a shout-out on our show. Jacob, how are you doing today? Pretty good. It's the Today was my last day of work before my week-long vacation, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um we are currently in the green as far as uh, the air pollution goes, so that's awesome. Um, I, I We're in like a – if you actually look at the map, mm-hmm. it's like we're in this green bubble that's just surrounded by red and yellow. Dude, it's so So weird. I'm sure it's only going to last for like a couple hours and then it will be shitty again tonight. But I think it's actually supposed to be green all day tomorrow, so nice, pretty awesome. Yeah, there's an air quality alert because the wildfires in Canada. So if you're a listener up that way, uh, our hearts are with you and all your furry friends that are probably getting just scorched in the fire. And you guys are losing probably a lot of forests and uh, it's causing a lot of destruction. I don't know if houses are on fire. I don't know if it's like a national forest up there or what's on fire. What's really funny about how America works, and this isn't like an anti-American thing at all, so don't take it that way. But it's like we... Our news really only fucking talks about our air quality, but we've not like really been like, oh, we feel fucking bad for Canada. It's weird. To be to be fair, their wildfires are literally fucking up the world. The smoke is. Well, it's in not like Europe their now. fault. It, but it, I understand that. But like, <laughs> there's literally like the air is air quality has decreased in Europe because of this. Yeah, it's really and, weird. And I I am interested in like do you motherfuckers not have Smokey the Bear up there? They don't. Like, they don't have. have a, they don't have a presence as far as I understand, good enough or large enough to really handle this. You know. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, um, I'm sure it was like it was super dry for like a month. So I'm sure that there was like a. You know, there was like some kind of accident or some lightning strike or something is what caused knows. all this. But like, but it's uh, pretty bananas. I mean, yesterday and the day before that were really bad. Like y- you were driving around and and it was like fucking. You would think that it was like a really foggy day or something, but no, yeah. it's just 
smoke it in the air. It smells like soot. Yeah. It smells like burning plastic almost. Like it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird because it's coming from Canada and we're in Pennsylvania. I mean, we're not far from Canada, but we're like a couple hours worth of drive away. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I've tried to find like some footage and video of all these fires to see how how majestic or how well, – that's probably the wrong word – how <laughs> tragic it is. But um, yeah, dude, I haven't really seen a whole lot. But I mean that's all you hear in the news is the air quality but not really so much as like the solution. And I, last I heard, I thought we were sending some people up there to help fight the fire. Um so hopefully they get it under wraps. But yeah, I had a gig. I had a gig get canceled today. I was supposed to play. It was an outdoor gig. Um, so I lost some money. They got. They're going to reschedule me in September. But uh, they wrote me at lunchtime. I was at work, and they were just like, "Hey, what's your opinion on playing in this right now?" And I looked out the window, and it was just like a haze. And I was like, "Well," I said, "I've been around campfires. It's just burning wood." But I was like. They clearly are telling people like that it's not healthy to be in it. And I said, so I'm going to leave it up to you guys. If you guys still need me to come play, I'll, I'll go ride or die and play because we agreed on it. But And then eventually they wrote back and they said, yeah, we thought about maybe bringing you indoors. But then we're probably not going to get a lot of people coming out anyways because of this weird thing that's going on. What a world we live in that yet, you know, and I know in some bigger cities they're always checking the air quality and stuff, you know. But how strange to actually – be affected by that and and the thing i think that is a little more awkward um and this is also like human nature is like you know if you don't see it it doesn't fucking bother you so like a lot of the chemicals and pollutants in the air you can't see they're just invisible and we feel we're the same way about you like the the sun's rays and stuff they're like poisonous to us and stuff at certain levels but like we'll just go fucking bask in it you know what i mean like it's no big deal but like the second you see like a fog everyone's like fucking don't go out there you know what I mean? But, like, there's shit in the air all the time. But it's it's essentially really bad right now. So um, it makes me wonder, like, all the chemicals from all the factories in the world. Because you always hear about that shit ripping up the ozone and, like, messing up, like, the world. And you're right. Yeah, we don't see it, man. You know? We don't see it affect us. We can't smell it. We can't, you know. I know when the local Smucker's plant is is making fucking jam or dog food. They actually make dog food at the local Smucker's plant here. It used to be a place called Dad's Dog Food. Smucker's bought, a, bought them out and they make dog food. And it's not far from where I work. When I'm coming to work early in the morning, you can just fucking smell this gross smell in the air. And it's like factory fucking shit. And it's just like... And, and it will have a haze. And you think it's fog, but dude, no way. That's like fucking residue and shit from them blasting their thing at four in the morning in the air their air vents shooting all the fucking stuff out but yeah the air is important man you know plant some trees just don't let them catch on fire they're just fucking cooking um all those horses and stuff to make dog food (laughs) you just hear that shit going on that's that's what uh, burning hooves smell like Mm. don't you mean glue isn't that what they make glue out Mm. of yeah burning glue waste not want not says the vegetarian dude yeah i don't i don't know what else is new with you anything you want to get on with the show you got something you want to talk about lay it on me uh dude no i just want to i i was thinking i don't even know if i ever told you if i ever told you this but i bought a dirt bike and i have been wanting to ride it for a month and have not been able to because of 
just like work and other shit going on and freaking the the you know America's top hat is on fire and everything and so um I know Canadians love it when you call it America's top hat but uh, <laughs> I and but so I I would like to get back to doing that but I am excited even though I'm not going to be able to do that on my vacation to be leaving to go to Florida which is going to be even though it's going to be hot as fuck down there because we used to always vacation in Florida in the summertime because my grandparents were down there. And it's so hot mm-hmm. in July in Florida, but they have beaches. Okay. They have bars. They have fucking restaurants with air conditioning. Um, and they have theme parks. We're going to go to uh, – we're going to go to the Universal – Orlando. Oh, there you um, go. My wife's super, my wife's super into Harry Potter, so we're going to go to the see all the Harry Potter stuff there, which would be pretty interesting. But uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say. I'm just fucking talking now. So we can talk about video games. I, well, I got yeah. something I want to share because it drove me drove me bonkers. And then this is this ties into something funny. It all happened with the same interaction I had with a stranger. So I was in line Every once in a while, around lunchtime or whatever, I'll, I'll head over to the local Dollar Tree, right? It happens. I go there. Uh, they have dollar waters that are like twice the size of what I can get at work. They're just warm. You put them in the fridge, come back to work, put them in the fridge, and you got like nice fresh water. Um, they have uh, these candy bars I've really been into. They're uh, It's like a nut log, but it's like cinnamon also, and it's like not good for It's like 300 calories, but it's so fucking good. And uh, it's this no name brand I've never heard of. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll my dice on this, and I bought one for a buck. It's buck twenty five now. Sorry, but man, best best candy bar I've ever had. So, anyways, I'm in line with a water and a candy bar, and they're always severely understaffed there. So it's always a gamble how how quick I can get in and out. And uh, I get in line. They have if you ever need to buy like party balloons for like helium balloons for anything, dude, go to Dollar Tree, dollar twenty five a balloon. They, you pick them out, they'll fill them up right there for you, and life is good. So I'm in lane two. It's lit up. That's what it means when someone is attending the register there. It's got a light on it. There's this lady at line one, and she goes – she just keeps going like – line one light is out, just so you know. I'm I'm next in line two, and there's a lady in front of me in line two getting balloons filled with helium. This is this is the play by play. This is the layout of where this all goes down. She's in line one and she goes, Hello? Is anybody gonna come wait on me? And I'm just like, oh, what the fuck, man? The light's not on. You shouldn't like she's like clearly clearly you know that like no one's gonna wait on. Uh what's going on here? And then the la- the lady filling up the balloons looks at her. You can tell she hates her life. She hates her life, and she probably hates it every time someone asks her to fill up balloons because she knows that the line's going to get backed up because it takes a while. And this, and she goes, "The lights on at two. You can go to two. And she goes, "No one's on one." <laughs> and lady's like, "No, no one's on one. No one's on one. You got to go to two. So then, no one's actually behind me. So this lady comes in right behind me, and she sets her stuff down there, and she goes. There's no one on two? 
And I'm like, no, the lady fill, and the, like the, and then you have the customer who ordered the balloons, who's getting pissed off because this lady's like causing a, a fucking shit show. She's starting to run her mouth because she can't get waited on right then and there. And now the person getting the balloons made is starting to shoot the side eye to her and to me. Like, can you fucking believe this person? And, and like, so this lady behind me, she goes, she goes, what's going on? Is no one working here today? And I'm like, she just fucking. I, so I, I go, I go. No, she she's getting balloons. Oh, those are for her. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're for her. That's why we're waiting. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. She goes, wow, wow, that's cool. And I'm like, oh my god, like I wanted to like, I wanted to put my candy bar and my water away and just fucking leave. I was so agitated. So I, I'm just standing there. I'm agitated for everybody. Like I feel everyone's pain right now. So then. The lady cashes out. She gets her balloons. And she had on like these like she had, like business pants. Like she was like a, dressed in business attire. But her pants had like some kind of design on them. They're like dress pants. They had like a woman's design on them. And as she's leaving, the lady who was bitching about the having no service goes, enjoy your balloons, sassy pants. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? So then I, I, I put my shit on the thing. And then uh, I get waited on. And, and you can tell the cash register lady is so upset. She's just like, do you need a receipt? And I was like, no, I'm fine, ma'am. I appreciate it. Thank you. You have a, you have a good day. And as I'm going to leave, the lady behind me goes, hey, you. And I turn around. She goes, do you play bridge? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't know where to start. She goes, huh, all right. And as I walk out and I get back in my car, I got my bridges hat on. And she must have just saw us say bridge and she thought I was a bridge player. <laughs> I was like, this lady's fucking off the rails, man. There are some weird people out there, man. Some people just have to say something at all times. But, like, I could not – God love anybody who works any kind of retail like that and have to put up with that shit. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was there for maybe eight minutes, and I was just ready to, like, walk myself off a cliff. Like, I was like, this person, they annoyed me so much. And uh, I have a pretty pretty stressful job, but I that was the most annoyed I've been all day. Just hearing that play out and watching that unfold. Do you got anything to say about impatient customers? Yeah, first of all, I have gotten plenty impatient <laughs> at places, but I would never say something like that. No. Like, unless, unless Enjoy a, your balloon sassy pants. Like, I, I have had instances <laughs> where, where, like, a waiter or something is, like, actively a dick to me. Not like they're doing their job and, like, I have to wait in line because they're understaffed. But, like, yeah. an employee is actively being a dick to me. And I I might – like, I'm not going to be an asshole back to them. But I'll, I might not give them a good tip or something like that if they act that way. But, like, dude, the way that people treat employees tells me that if I'm going to put a positive spin on it, it's that – this is like the one place where these people are able to like exert some kind of power over the world. I mean, because if you customers think about always it, right, customers always right. It's like oh. it's like you know. I I hate to go. I hate to say this, but like Come you on. know, you're at the dollar store, so like the the people that are shopping there probably aren't like the mo- aren't always the most well off people. Sure, yeah, the demographic maybe is that's just like, a little different. You know, so they might be suffering for from some kind of like, you know, life struggles or something like that. But at the same time, like 
having worked a register and stuff like that and dealt with customers who are just fucking assholes for no reason, like no person who gets paid that kind of money should have to deal with seven fifteen an hour in like Pennsylvania. That. Seven dollars and fifteen an hour in PA. That's what it is now. I, I'm sure because I'm sure that whoever was working that place is getting paid more than that because everyone's getting paid more than that right now. But but even me. still, even if even if she's making fifteen bucks an hour, it's like I don't give a shit who you are. Like I'm not getting paid for you to treat me like this, right? I would, you know, like you should almost have. Like I feel like if as as like a, a retail worker like that, mm-hmm. you should get like a mulligan where you could just tell employees to just go fuck themselves. Yeah, right. With like zero repercussion. But you get like one. Or you get like, you know, every so often you can just tell them like cuz <laughs> how if you're the, if you're you that just, person all you need, you- dude, all you need is a body cam. As a, as a cash registered person. And then you can go back and replay the fucking tape and be like, here, here's where I wrung out the ketchup and they didn't get their discount. And I explained to them that it wasn't the right brand or I showed them that the coupons expired. And this is where they just fucking hit 50, level 50 out of nowhere, zero to 50. And they just start fucking jawing off to me about how the, you know, this is bullshit. And yet, and, and I said, listen, buddy, if you don't want, you don't want the fucking ketchup. Fucking leave. Just go. If you, I'm not giving you the deal. You don't want the ketchup. You're going to cause a shit. Just fucking go. I'm not dealing with your shit. Next. Next. <laughs> fucking go. Yeah. And, Especially yeah. in a place like that where like her whole order was probably fucking six dollars. So it's yeah, she like, didn't really have anything. It, it was probably like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even, I actually didn't even look. I didn't want to turn around, but it didn't look like she, had, I, she didn't I even understand. Have I do understand the whole customer is always right thing, but I don't think that the customer is all I don't believe it no <laughs> and I think that there is there is I think you should give people the benefit of the doubt if they're your customer but you shouldn't have to absorb like more than reasonable amounts of harassment by people who are just being savage at a certain point Dude. like they're, they're yeah. like some people are just in a bad mood they're having a bad day like there's a difference between that and like just being a fucking savage. And I think that it's mm. really frustrating. I I don't know if this happens a lot of other places, but it seems like living in a rural community, we have like that dichotomy here where it's like most of the people you meet are like nicer than anyone you've ever met in your entire fucking life. And then but like the other 30% are the biggest fucking assholes on the planet. Like there's there's almost there's very little in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting, anyway. man. It's just interesting. And dude, uh, I think the takeaway from all of this, not to not to bring up our old video show that we had on YouTube, but the takeaway is is respect, man. Just respect your fellow humans. That's it. It's that simple. And then and then maybe even if you're wrong, you'll maybe get what you want. Like if you're just decent, just be decent. There's an SNL skit where, uh, oh god, who's who's the hilarious dude? Um, oh geez, he's he's so funny. Uh, Fred Arm Arm Armiston Armis Armiston Armiston oh, yeah. Fred Armiston, the Portlandia guy. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he does this. 
it's it's like the history of punk rock. And you guys need to watch it. It's the funniest thing in the world. And he plays a character. Um, and I, it's something in the Bizarros. Um, Ian, Ian and the Bizarros. And it, they actually have like real members of the Sex Pistols. It's like a documentary, but it's like fake, but it's on SNL. And it's, it's so good. And, and the, 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 I don't know. What, what, what is it in a joke? Like, like the, the thing that makes everybody, the punchline, the punchline, sorry, the punchline is, is that, he starts singing um, positive songs about the queen, the new queen, and the band is like, we thought he was being sarcastic, you know? It turns out he wasn't. And he's like, your iron curtain, you know? And he's talking, like, doing these real soft songs. But, like, there's a part where, like, someone starts bad-mouthing the queen, and he just goes, hey, be decent. It's like they're in a pseudo talk show. So yeah, just be decent, people, to everybody. Anyways, I'm fucking done. I'm quit talking. Let's talk about games. Um, dude, every episode we talk about games that we are playing. And I have a nice little surprise for everybody about some stuff. Now, it's really not even that great of a surprise. But I'm still playing Aliens Dark Descent. Alien Dark Descent? I don't know if it's a plural or not. I can't remember. But... What I did is, Jake, I created you, and I got a couple new Marines. You know what I named them? Big Box and J1. And uh, we went on a mission together, and uh, it's a 35-minute clip, and it's getting uploaded to YouTube right now. Of uh, And it's it's a clip where I can't tell you what the ending is. You're going to have to just fast-forward to the end or whatever. But J1 and uh, Big Box are in there with, with you. And uh, it's actually another character named Lifeline. It's not my my character has died, um, airtight died, but Lifeline's in there with us, and uh, that's getting uploaded to YouTube. But I'm still playing Aliens: Dark Descent, and uh, the mission that I ran, it was a uh, it was a mission that you had to complete in one go. You couldn't go home until it's completed. So it was essentially a, a suicide mission, um, for all intents and purposes, unless. You survived, obviously, but it was very difficult. So um, you can watch that. It's not uploaded yet, but by the time you listen to this, it probably is. So, Jake, what are you playing? Uh, I'm still just playing um, Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm making my way through. I just completed Act 2. So I'm like level, almost level 40. So I'm, I'm trucking along pretty good. Uh, All right, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm still kind of enjoying it, but there's not really a whole lot else for me to say other than uh, it's more more Diablo. So, dude, Diablo, you didn't pull the trigger yet on Final Fantasy 16. I take it. No, I I have to. That, that's one of those games I've heard nothing but great things about it, other than maybe some frame rate issues and. Uh, I so I really want to wait until I'm done with Diablo so that I don't 
You don't want to just leave it by the wayside, yeah. you know? Yeah, I get it. All right, cool, man. Well, that's all we're playing right now. And it wasn't too long ago we had just recorded an episode. So we're a little, uh, little light on news today, but we do have some listener feedback. Every show, if you guys want to write in, like we mentioned at the top of the show, you can write us at pssisawesome at gmail.com. We prefer that you write us up on our Patreon site. Become a $1 patron every month and write us there. But we'll take pretty much anybody's questions at this point. We're pretty... Uh, we're pretty hard up for for some listeners to write us. So thank you for writing in. And uh, you can do that on the YouTube channel as well. So let's get into listener feedback. And uh, we had a nice little nice little inquiry here from uh, Big Box. And uh, Big Box writes in and he says, Have you two explained the PS This Is Awesome origin story? How did you two meet? Was there any hesitancy in starting the show? And what have you learned since doing PSTIA? And then as an aside, we'll get to that. But as an aside, he says, I literally borrowed a Switch from Walmart just to play Tears of the Kingdom. Borrowed in parentheses. Uh, um, and after about 15 hours with Zelda, I started to feel it started to feel like a chore. So I returned it within 30 day window. It was funny hearing Jake reach some of the same conclusions I did. Dear God, that story is dog blank blank for how much they shove it in front of the player 97 meta score my butt catch you next week so uh thanks for writing in about that dude um jake do you have anything to comment as far as that goes about tears of the kingdom did you beat it are um, you done with it you said you weren't playing it fuck no i i'll be playing it on my trip because i'm going to take the switch with me i still like it like it's not like i'm gonna return it or anything i don't understand the meta score i think it's way too high but from what I understand, the ending is pretty good in that game. Um, but yeah, the way that they present the story to you is so fucking antiquated that it's kind of alarming when you're used to like all these like beautifully voice acted kind of games. Even Diablo, mm-hmm. which is not historically like it's got a lot of lore and stuff, but like the presentation as far as the story goes is usually a lot of just like basic dialogue between characters it's all the same isometric camera view and stuff but even that like the voice acting in the dialogue is so good and then you look at tears of the kingdom and it's like all these like non-voice acted speech bubbles that are just kind of like bland basic text that you just have to like skip through like i like i i don't find any of it compelling at all so i'm really interested into in where it's gonna go the cutscenes themselves I find compelling, but they're very few and far between. All the little story bits in the middle, just like I'm just like, I don't fucking care. Just tell me where to go next and I'll fight some guys and build some shit and do whatever I need to do. So I don't know. But I am enjoying it still. We'll have to see how the rest plays out though. Very good, man. Well, let's get back to the uh, PS's origin story here real quick. He wanted to know how we met. Jake, man, I don't even know how we met. Like, I remember you being around at the Market House when you guys were doing, like, uh, the open mic night. And I don't know if we ever... Oh, you're, you're talking about the Artist Cup. Yeah, so I don't know if we ever hung out prior to that. I think that was right around that time. I don't think so. I think maybe we talked a couple times at, like, Signal Home shows or something. But, like, uh, yeah, I think it was just because we... We were, Andy was our mutual friend. We kind of started talking because of that. And, you know, obviously Andy and I ran the open mic at the Artist Cup and you came and played that fairly often. 
So, and that was back in the drinking days. So there was a lot of bar hopping and shit like that going on. And, you know, things just kind of coagulated from there. But uh, as far as like the podcast goes, I literally, dude, I, I have the worst memory, but I'm pretty sure, because this was, I mean, keep in mind, this was like over 10 years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure that one of the nights that we were all out at the bar, we were talking about video games because you had gotten me into, I'd gotten a PS3 earlier, like the year before or two years before. And you let me borrow like the uncharted games and stuff. And that kind of, kind of, uh, spawned like a mutual interest in naughty dog stuff and then we were talking all the time at bars and i think one time you had mentioned like hey we should just do a podcast and then we just kind of and we both had like recording shit so we just kind of fucking slapped it together yeah because i think at the time you were either living you were i think that was you were in transition you were still living at your parents house just alone yeah yeah and so so like i was so we did it in my basement because i had that record little recording space Mm -hmm. And uh, it was ghetto, and we did like these fucking live stream things where we like had a camera, and we were literally like, before I didn't even have like a good job. I was like working at like an old folks' home, like delivering meals and stuff. And uh, dude, I wasn't. It's so crazy to think about. Like, we were doing. I honestly wonder if we had stuck with the Jesus, we'd be the live stream formula that we started back then. And like got on Twitch early or something, I think we would be really big. But the problem is, is that we just like it. It became such a pain in the ass to do, and we didn't have a ton. We of were like watching. one of the first ever. Like I, I really think we were, man. Uh, we we actually used, it was in. We used a website called Livestream. Yeah, we were live streaming our in, podcast like over ten years ago. This would have been in twenty thirteen, I think. Yeah. So, because it was before The Last of Us came out. Remember we did that live stream where it was like the Halloween episode and we dressed up as Wayne and Garth? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was cool. And then we did like for our 100th episode, we had like this round table. There was yeah. like fucking 10 people there. Yeah. It was – we – It that, was less professional. Those carefree days. What's that? It was, those were the carefree days. There wasn't as much sort of surrounding the podcast and life and stuff that was – getting in the way was a yeah. lot more we we could afford to do three hour episodes every single week and i didn't even think that you um, and i even had relationships with anybody and then well i mean yeah sarah was still in school i think at that point i wasn't seeing that anybody. or she had just she had just graduated so For the first first bit i definitely uh, wasn't yeah it was interesting and then yeah maybe i was i think maybe i was maybe chelsea and i started dating i mean this is crazy. we've been married for so long and been dating been together forever it seems like but yeah man so anyways that's kind of was there any hesitancy no man it wasn't we didn't even think about it like there was no guidebook there weren't websites like like we use there wasn't obs as far as i know there wasn't like the gear like the the podcast like the we we used this thing called was a Podbean back then or did we just do it on our own yeah yeah we used that Podbean. there site. was a site called Podbean, and they were like the trailblazers for podcasts and how to do them and now there's a million and one sites that you can go through to have your stuff put online but we had a pretty big following back then and it was interesting uh it was really weird but we we just disappeared at the at the wrong time 
Um, and then everything kind of picked up with the podcast world. And then we were like, well, let's just bring it back and let's just do it on our terms because we were doing it weekly. And then we decided let's just do it every two weeks. And I think it became a monthly thing. And then before you know, we just quit fucking doing it. But uh, what have we learned, man? Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, and I know LJ has said it before. He sees some of the prep work that goes into this and some of the computer shit that gets involved with just recording everything and syncing it up and making sure that everything is uploaded correctly. We, now, we do use a site called ACAST, A-C-A-S-T dot com. It's free. That's how we get our stuff to most of the, the podcast uh, platforms. However, all it's doing is just pulling a redirect off of the, the Google. We had a feed burner site. So there's you got to learn a lot of stuff. So you learn how podcasts work, and I'm still not even 100% sure. Um, I have learned that it doesn't matter how professional you are. Uh, if, if your thing um, doesn't have listeners, you're probably never going to just get listeners. So the fact that you're listening is, is kind of uh, the exception to the rule because, you know, it often feels like we're just talking into the void, man. Like, I know that there are listeners out there, but I know our listener count. I know it's not big. Um, you know, the, and even doing the Patreon was kind of a joke at first. Like, we didn't think people were actually cared enough about the show. So it means a lot that you guys are patrons of the show and you're supporting in that way. And that's why we kept it so low, just a dollar. And that's why I made these stickers because we wanted to give you something on top of the show just for our way to say thanks. But, dude, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's, it's, it's a time commitment. Putting the show notes together takes several hours for me and then you know uh, we got to coordinate our schedules we used to do it in person so i used to drive the jakes when he lived in town and we just did it in person and we just did mics and we didn't do any video and then we started doing video because we're like well if all these other podcasts do video maybe we can do video so we started doing video and figuring out how to run that um, and get all the audio set up so it's recording my audio and jake's audio and not have to pay like a subscription service um, we found workarounds pretty much every step of the way because we don't have we don't generate income with this podcast, so we don't want to we don't want to lose money doing it. Like we love to do it, but if we were losing money, it would it wouldn't be I, I don't know it probably wouldn't happen honestly because like I I don't have the ex, extra money to throw to do this. Like so, it's nice that you guys do the Patreon. So um, it's just a lot of work, man, and I don't. The only thing that I have learned is, like I said, is that you can be consistent all you want. The YouTube algorithm is either going to bite or it's not, and it, and it clearly hasn't bitten on our show. We had a couple shorts that had over a thousand views, which is a short. It's like fifteen second clip, so it's, it's not surprising because people can click it and whatever. But it's really tough to uh, get out there to new people, and I do think we have a show that a lot of people might like. You know, Jake and I are older dudes. Uh, we, we like responsible, uh, responsible in air quotes, we're responsible adults with real jobs and, you know, we have furry, furry pets and, uh, we're homeowners and we are gamers and, you know, none of us are famous in any regard. You know, there are some other podcasts out there where maybe there's a member on the crew that's like a little more famous from stuff that they've done in the past, or maybe they're. You know, I, I don't know. We can't seem to get guests on the show. No, we don't actively try, but it's just the two of us. And I wouldn't even know. The thing is, if we don't have the listener base to show people 
that it's worth their time to come on the show, then it's kind of hard to get guests on the show. But like it's a catch-22. So like if we got guests on the show, then maybe more people would listen. So it's like that that crazy spiral I always find myself in with music and with this. It's just like, man, I think the stuff we put out is quality, but getting people to listen. It's like, well, we got – you know, for our, my band, so to speak, um, and even The Flood, like if we could get a really nice opening gig for like – a big band somewhere or you know like we could get probably some some attention but like how do you get that well you kind of have to be somebody to get that opening gig well how do you become somebody like from nothing like you know we we don't have anything putting us anywhere so that's that's the school of hard knocks and that's just like for me i think it's just like you do it because you love it and I love talking games with Jake, and that's why we do this. And uh, we put it out there, and if you guys enjoy it, then hopefully you sign up on Patreon and throw us a dollar a month, and hopefully you come along for the ride, you know? And we can talk games, and we're open, and we like to answer questions and stuff. And uh, that's really what this is, man. Um, but uh, it's it's not simple to do a podcast. It can be done. And we have learned that consistency is key, and we, we've shot ourselves in the foot because, like Jake was saying earlier, we have not been – Consistent, and had we been, I think the story might might have read a little different, like in the present day. But Jake, what what do you have to say about what have you learned about doing the podcast since doing the podcast? Um, I think I have learned mostly that, at least for us, it makes a better podcast if we don't talk about every single fucking news point that's out there on the internet mm. and just kind of gravitate towards the five or ten news points that are at least of some interest to us. Yeah. Because or relevant to I the know, industry, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Because here's the because th- I guess what I'm boiling <laughs> it down to is that like I don't I know that there, there, there's like a like the pros they can fucking turn it on for anything. Right. And I'm not like that. My wife always says that, like, she can always tell how I feel because I'm terrible at hiding my emotions. So, like, it would be – it's impossible for me to act like I'm super interested or have a lot of, like, opinions about the – like, for example, this week, I was, like, looking at the news and I'm like, there's, like, fucking nothing on here that I care about. There's, like, 9,000 articles about the freaking FTC trial and I just don't want and to talk first about impressions it. of Final and, Fantasy and yeah. And yeah, and, and like so but when we talk about stuff like listener feedback or we're talking about games we're playing or we're shooting the shit about, you know, fucking Kojima putting his name everywhere in a game or something like that, like <laughs> it, it, I think it makes a po- even if the podcast is a little bit shorter, I think it makes it better because we're a little bit more invested in what we're We mean what we talk about talking right? about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're emphatic about it. Um, in fact, I got a surprise for the listeners coming up. Thanks for writing those questions, by the way, uh, Big Box. Hideo Kojima is going to be on the podcast. Yeah, speaking of which, we got the we got the master. Um, yeah, I, I learned Japanese. Yes, this is awesome. Uh, Hideo Kojima production presented by Hideo Kojima with special guest Hideo Kojima. Yeah, I, I had to learn <laughs> Japanese to actually get him on the show, but I'm not going to show off right now. Um, I'm just kidding. No, uh, yeah, so thanks. And then speaking of Hideo Kojima, One Black Talon writes in, thanks for still listening, One Black Talon. You disappeared for a while. Um, Nice to know you're still out there. Thank you. And uh, they write in and say, the Hideo Kojima documentary is more like a commercial than a documentary. I think this is what makes me uneasy. Yeah, 
It feels like a commercial. And then he says, like the Raising Kratos thing was. Um, he said, looking on YouTube, PlayStation um, calls the video a full-length feature, not a documentary in the title of the video. I did watch this four years ago. So that's the Raising Kratos. And that was the thing with Corey Barlog he's talking about. Yeah. And uh, super good to hear from you. Thanks for uh, that insightful um, response. And uh, um, and and I'm looking at my response to you on, on, on YouTube, and it almost sounded like I was like, great to hear from you, Captain Obvious. But, like, I didn't mean it that way. I just said, wow, that's super observant because I didn't realize that. But, like, it could have been t- – depending on the day you were having one, Black Talent, you might have been like, fuck Fred. Like, because, like, it was like, wow, great to hear from you. Wow, that's super observant. Like, that's how I reread it. And I was like, I didn't mean it that way. I mean, like, dude, that's, like, super observant. So just to clear the record, um, I wasn't trying to be an ass if that's how it read. But I do see what you mean. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to revisit that just for a little bit more. And I, I think that, that that does make a little bit of a difference um, is that it's it's not really a documentary per se, but more like a commercial about him and his skill in the – in the Kojima productions and what they can do. But I don't know. We'll see. I want to watch it. Jake, anything else on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, Are you good? Nah. Well, uh, nah. All right. I don't think so. I, I, I get what you guys are saying about this, but I think that it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what did you expect? You know what I mean? Shit. Like, this is what I expect to see out of any like any documentary that says PlayStation on it, any documentary that says fucking Kojima Productions on it, that says Microsoft on it, that says fucking Sony Santa Monica on it, like any of these things, it's like it's just gonna like you know it's gonna be a commercial. Yeah. Like it it needs like it's not like it's fucking Ken Burns Kojima Productions or something. Like that would be it's amazing. Gonna be, Kojima yeah. would shit himself. If Ken Burns was like, I want to do a documentary on you, he'd probably lose his mind. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome. But yeah, I don't know. I, we can leave it at that. I just think that it's Ken uh, Burns. It's interesting. All right. Did he die? Is Ken Burns still alive? He's still alive, right? Uh, didn't he just did, – didn't a Ken Burns documentary just come out? What would it be on? Ken Burns. The Ozone or something? Yeah, he's still alive. 69 years old. Wow. I thought he'd be way older than that. I always associate him with the Gettysburg, like the the Civil War. Ken Burns, the Civil War is fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, he came out with Ben Franklin in 2022. He's so good at what he does, man. It's so it's like and perfect. the hall, the U.S. and the Holocaust. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, Ken Burns, long form documentaries. He's the he's the goat, probably. He's definitely the fucking goat, dude. He should have been the one doing the Kojima Productions fucking <laughs> commercial. Um, yeah, dude. I, I mean, a million people would have watched it for sure. All right. Well, let's get into the news. Every episode we talk about the news. And uh, this is the thing I'm really excited about. So although we aren't bringing Hideo Kojima on the show, I strike when the iron's hot. It's what I do. I'm on Reddit. And uh, there's a new PSVR 2 game called Synapse. It's getting really good reviews. Um, apparently, it's a little short, uh, but the makers of the game had an Ask Me Anything, an AMA on Reddit. So, of course, your boy Fred took advantage of it, and I was like, I'm going to throw some fucking questions out here to these guys. And uh, I did. 
So, anyway, Synapse is currently available on the PSN, and it's developed by the studio N Dreams. And the game is a PSVR 2 exclusive. But this question session isn't exclusive to our podcast. It was open for everyone to throw questions at them, just to be clear. Um, And it was brief what I got in there. But I I got some really nice responses. And uh, when the getting's good, I got to go get. So the question is... I kind of imagine developing a game is like most endeavors in creativity. You want your creation to be engaging and enjoyed and inspiring. You also want to push yourself in the process of creating. What was the most difficult challenge you faced while creating Synapse? And also, can you describe the moment you felt that the vision of the game was coming to life and being realized and how that actually felt? Because I heard that this game is going to be fucking dope. And, like, how do you fucking know when you got something, right? That was kind of like what I wanted to ask. So they respond, um, you've kind of hit the nail on the head with your opening paragraph. It's that reason why the most challenging part of the development on Synapse was knowing when to stop. Knowing, knowing that the game was done and why tinkering and adjusting and adding further would have only ruined what we're aiming to create. You need to know what the best thing is for the game. That's a that's a really honest response, and then they're going to answer the the Eureka moment question in a second. But like that's a super good response because it's the same thing with songwriting, man. Anything creative, like you want to fucking do all this shit to make it better, make it better, make it better. But eventually, you cross a line where you start making it worse, and you don't know. So being able to fucking govern yourself and be like, listen, we've done what we set out to do, and fucking just end it. Now, some of the reviews, like the one on Push Square, said that this game is a little. Ah, a little short, maybe. They said that it, it is actually really good, though. Um, and maybe, like, the color format and stuff gets a little dull after a while because it's that black and white first person shooter kind of game. Um, yeah. But it looks awesome. And uh, they had a vision, and apparently they saw it. So, um, and then the response to, you know, at what point, you know, did you did you realize that you had something? And their response is one of the early moments of quote unquote, we think we've something, we we have something special here um, was when we tried to implement eye tracking with telekinesis before that had just been your typical point with your hand and grab. But when the thought crossed our mind to try and tie, tie it to eye tracking, we got that first prototype working. It was a big Eureka moment. It worked too well. Um, and that's one of the things Push Square actually said was like one of the pros is like this kinesis thing in this game is fucking fantastic. So I don't know if they've engineered something. So this this came – he signed it off Jimmy. Jimmy Bowers is their community manager. The AMA also included Alina – I can't say her last name – Fedesianka, who's the associate art director, and then James Shepard, who's head of the studio. They were all part of this AMA on Reddit. So anytime this shit pops up, man, I'm fucking lodging questions so we can talk about it on the show. I did follow it up with, hey, just so you know, I'm a co-host on a podcast called PSS is Awesome. If you want to shoot me a DM and be a, come be a guest on the show, we would love to have you. And uh, I've not heard anything, which is fine. You know, they're probably not even on Reddit anymore. It was like a two-hour window or something. But you never know. Maybe this dude, maybe Jimmy will jump on one of these days. He probably hears how much we fucking cuss, and he's probably like, I'm not getting on there, man. <laughs> um. But anyways, um, second, Fred Oakman strikes again. The week prior, and it should have been on last week's podcast, there was another AMA, Jake, from the creators of the PSVR 2 game Hubris. 
um, which released on 622. And this was developed by Cyborn. And I don't know if you've seen this game, but it's visually astounding on PC. Like it's like a quest game and like people are just like, this is hands down the most graphic, heavy VR game that we've played. And uh, they had an AMA and I wrote um, and and I got a response from somebody named Cohen, K-O-E-N. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. But from the studio, he came on to fill some questions or she came on to fill some questions that I had asked. So I asked – Similar questions because I'm just so curious about VR. It says, how was the development cycle? How long was the, the, the development cycle for Hubris? There's a Hubri. I don't know, Hubris. And then I said, have you developed non-VR games in the past? If so, what do you prefer and why? And I said, most games on VR right now seem to be abbreviated or shorter in length. That's one thing about Hubris. It's supposed to be a longer, full-blown game. So then I said, what made you want to tell a longer story? And what were some of the biggest hurdles you had to overcome? So – they wrote back and said uh, – now, that it's broken English because I, I don't think they're from the United States. But they said, we are working on Hubris for a very long time. But the idea of making it into a game only happened when we, sh- when we showed showed in an interactive real-time scene in 2018 on a tech fair. People were this much blown away by experiencing this open and welcoming VR environment that we wanted to continue doing something like this. Then eventually we ramped up production and by 2022 released on desktop. And this says, our company actually used to make animated movies, so this was our first game we make on our own. Aside from that, we provide services for other companies. We worked, for example, on Horizon Call of the Mountain. We provided animation via VFX and destruction simulations. You can find out more about our company at cyborn.be. So it seemed a little more like an advertisement, his response or their response, but it's still nice to know they worked on the game for a long time. They didn't answer their question about you know what they prefer. It sounds like this might have been their first VR game. Um, first game, maybe full game on their own. I don't know, but they do. They probably one of the studios that just jump in and help other studios out a lot. So that you never hear about, yeah. but this is their own title and it's called, uh, hubris. And that's out also. And I think it did a little uh, review wise, got less scores, worse scores than synapse, but they both look visually really impressive. So I'm not recommending either game to the listeners, but you guys can check them out. And it was just kind of cool to have a little back and forth with developers, Jake. Do you have anything you'd like to add about any of this? No, I think it's cool that you were able to talk to these guys and get some information out of them. Um, Synapse looks fucking cool. I don't know. Does it? When does it come out? It's out. It's out now. It came out. Nice. Um, I've already kind of found myself in a position where... I no, no, no. I take it back. Sorry. Tomorrow. Comes out tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. The f- um, no, no. Sorry. Take it back. Fourth of July. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> no, no. I take it back. It's July 4th. You're up. Since I don't know when this game is actually coming out, I'm not going to play at the end. <laughs> Fourth of July, man. It comes out on holiday. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be gone, but I because I'll be on vacation. But I have been, dude. I want to get my VR back out, but when do I fucking play it? I like mm. it might literally, it might literally have to wait until it gets cold out again, where I have more time. Because like I, I don't want to play my VR. There's something about VR I don't want to play it when it's like nice outside. I mean that's that kind of goes towards video games generally. But if I'm only playing video game, because like usually, if I'm playing video games, 
in the summertime, it's always like early in the morning because like that's when I get up, I have my coffee, I play some games and stuff before I get my day going. Mm -hmm. And that that time of day, I don't want to play my VR because I'm like just getting out of bed. I'm kind of fucking groggy and shit. I don't want to strap on a helmet and like get immersed, if that makes any sense. Um, but this is one of the games that's on my radar. So once I do get my VR back out, I would be interested in getting back into uh, to getting into this game, uh, mostly because really all I've played on my VR for extended periods of time is is Gran Turismo. Mm. I really haven't played hardly anything else, so mm. I need to find a use for it. Beat Saber is one. Moss Book One and Two is another. Yeah, Synapse sounds like it might be a good get. Uh, those are the ones I would recommend, and then. Just fucking Tetris Effect is really good too if you haven't played that. Tetris Effect. All right, let's get on with the news. Um, PS Plus Essentials. The game's been announced for July. Uh, we're recording this the last day of June, I believe, June 30th. And um, I gotta say, I'm really impressed with this offering. It's fucking lit. Uh, I'm stoked about this month. Yeah, dude. It's almost like Sony was like, it's the halfway mark. Let's give them something. Let's give them something to talk about. So it's uh, Alan Wake Remastered, dude. Awesome. Call of Duty Black Ops Super Cold excited War. because the one Call of Duty game that I've been wanting to play for the last so many years. And Endling Extinction is Forever. Uh, I don't know what that game is. I think it's a new game, right? Is that is that pen drop? Yeah, I did a pen drop. Pen drop for uh, for the essentials. Yeah, for Jesus. It's a fox game, dude. Not for Jesus, man. <laughs> uh, this is I, I did see. I this. drop this it like a top you're like Jesus. You're like surviving in the woods or something. You're like a fox, and you have yeah. Like, take care of your cubs. Or, yeah, it yeah, looks yeah, good. Yeah. It looks like an interesting indie game for sure, dude. A Call of Duty it, game. That's pretty big. And it's it's Cold War, which I think was pretty ro- well critically regarded, at least like campaign and stuff. I played so. it. I bought it. Cold War? Mm-hmm. I think so. I played the one for PS5. Is that the one? Well, I mean, there's multiple for PS5. Which one was it? There's there's Cold War, there's Modern Warfare, there's, um, I don't know. Hmm. Other ones? I'm going to images right now, so I'll be able to tell you in a second if I play. Yeah, I play. Yeah, but uh, no. Yeah. I don't know. I played one that was set back in the day, dude. I think I did play Cold War. I talked about it on the show. It. Are you sure you didn't play an older one? No. Nah. What was the first PS5? one that came out on PS5? Probably Cold War. Uh, then I play. That's the one I played. You get like a, you get a, a schematic. And you get to pick your missions. You have a little bit of agency over the story. Remember I told you about that? No. On the single player? Yeah, of course you don't. It's fine. In one ear, out the uh, other. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm more excited for Alan Wake remastered because I do want to replay Alan Wake before Alan Wake Two comes out. Mm. Um, and I did really enjoy the first game. I'm curious to see. A lot of people have said it doesn't hold up, but I would like to make that distinction for myself. Yeah. You know, like a gentleman. Um, 
Yeah, let's get on to the next news point. Uh, those are good games. I'm excited about all those, and uh, we'll see if I ever play any of them. Dedelic Entertainment, which is the company behind the Lord of the Rings Gollum. Jesus Christ, that's the fucking scariest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Okay, what is that Gollum? You like that? What is this? No, 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 no. no. So this, oh I'll my. pull it back a little bit so everyone could see. When I was a child, oh, dear my God. dad went to Norway for work, and this is a thing over there, is trolls. They have, like, they have like whole fucking gift shops full of, like, trolls and troll memorabilia and all this shit. And uh, he brought that back, and I've had it, like, ever since. I, I was probably literally, I don't know, seven or six like when I ugliest he thing was over I've there. ever seen. It's so fucking funny. I was holding it really close to the camera. If you're oh, yeah. It was YouTube. perfectly framed. It actually creeped me out a little bit. It's so fucking creepy looking. Yeah. So the listeners. awesome. I love it. I've had it forever. Listeners have no idea what, what you're showing. It was uh, it was sitting on my desk, so I figured I'd show it. I should probably we're put talking up like about a little warning on the YouTube Fucking video. the Gollum, the hideous Gollum game. Yeah. Back to the news story. Gollum <laughs> has announced uh, – no, Lord of the – Gollum has not announced anything. But Daedalic Entertainment has announced – that they're shutting down their development internally for games. Um, this dude's been around since 2007, and now this news is surely going to bring about some layoffs, roughly around 25 employees. They stated they're moving back into publishing, and they have stopped production of their next Lord of the Ring title. This should come as no surprise to anybody who had been following the news in the release of this game. Yeah, I saw this when I was kind of skimming through the news earlier. And I was just like, that's good. I mean, at least at least they're not shutting down. But my understanding is that Gollum was just so bad that this studio, by all intents and purposes, should be gone. And if they can survive by switching to like a publishing arm or whatever, then that I think is is probably wise for them. And then maybe in the future they can kind of take a crack at it again. Maybe if they're by means of being able to fund it themselves, maybe take a uh, a project on that's a little bit a little bit less onerous. Like I, I I don't know. I mean, like this game screamed even from its inception when they announced that there was going to be a game about fucking Gollum. I I me and I think 80% of the rest of the industry was like, why are you making a game about fucking Gollum? Like, he's like, of all of the Lord of the Rings characters, he's the one I want to control the least. And so, like, the fact that it came out and it was all fucking busted and it looked like shit and all this stuff, I, it's unfortunate for them. And I feel bad, but I hope that... uh they're able to bounce back with this publishing kind of initiative and, and see what they come up with. I thought they could have got really creative with Gullum and like told his story. Instead, you're just like in a fucking prison the whole game. Not the whole game, but, they, but like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. But they it, they announced it as like a 3D action adventure game and they could have made it more of like a storytelling kind of narrative experience rather than a sort of like a fetch quest game. Whatever the fuck. I haven't it is. played yeah, it to be clear, know. but I, everything I've heard about it's kind of like a fetch quest. There's a bunch of monotonous things that you do, and his rendering looks really silly, and the voice acting isn't fantastic, and it's glitchy, and 
any anyways uh, we we don't need to keep going on about it um the next news point uh roblox or roblox is uh, a pretty big brand and um this whole – I know you don't want to talk about Jake. This whole – uh, this Blizzard Activision thing has unearthed some documents, and we talked a little bit about it before last episode. But this episode, there was something in Sony's documents about why they haven't put Roblox, Roblox on their platforms. And they say that the demographic – the target demographic for this game is literally children. And yeah. and it's a game that has a ton of pay to play content, and uh, they felt like by putting this on the Sony platform is they were exploiting these children. Now, this seems a little interesting because one could argue that while the demographic for Call of Duty isn't children, I don't care what the demographic is; children are playing all of your games. So, I mean... Yeah, but there's a difference between, like, putting out games intended for adults and children getting on there and playing them anyway because their parents were shitty. Sure, And 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 then, like, like you said, like, uh, promoting or supporting a game that is... I don't know. I've always found Roblox. I don't know enough about it, but I have seen like Sarah's little cousins playing it and stuff like years ago. And to me, I always got this really fucking skeevy vibe from it. And I don't know what that is, but like everything that I saw in there was like, this might be a crotchety old man in me, but I'm like, is this, is this damaging our children? Like, 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 just watching these kids play it, and maybe it's different now. But like, you know, and they're talking to people, they're talking to strangers online, and these are like small children playing this, okay. not fucking, you know, teenagers. We're talking about like six, seven, eight year olds fucking mm. on their PC playing this game, talking to strangers, and and you know, running around with their blocky people, you know, solving murders or whatever the fuck they're doing. And uh, and I would love if somebody knows anything about Roblox and wants to write in to educate us. I would appreciate it because I've always felt like it was a very – it seemed like it was it was a place that could easily be used to manipulate and take advantage of children. And I, and I never really – but I, please – Take that with the disclaimer that I have not looked into it, don't know anything about it. This is just my experience watching a couple of uh, essentially family – like little family members play it five or six years ago. So maybe it's completely different now. Maybe it's completely different than what I think. But um, think of our children. You we know. are the world. <laughs> yeah, dude. Right. I don't know. Um, interesting that you and Jim Ryan yeah. came to the same conclusion, man. You've heard it there first. Yeah, it's hard to say. You've heard it's it hard to say. Yeah. I, I, it, it, it could come to PlayStation and it could make a lot of money, but um, at what expense? To me, it always seemed also like a like it's too open for PlayStation's platform. Like you can do whatever you want on it. They'd have to police it somehow. 
Yeah. That's probably and their concern, dude. And it seems like like, like if somebody uploads a fucking Roblox map or game that's like, you know, fucking Pornhub simulator or something. And it's like, okay, well, maybe not that. They have to have a way. Maybe maybe the game itself now has a way. It's like self-policing now or whatever. But I don't know. It, it, it's it's just weird to me. That's all. Fair enough. Well, that's there. You heard it there. Um, maybe not first, but you heard it for, out of Jake's mouth. Um, Roblox is going to have a Pornhub simulator coming out next week. So make sure you go tune into that. Um, next up <laughs> is uh, Anna Perna had their showcase, my dude. And uh, it's quite a surprise. Uh, they had a couple things they showed. This one is noteworthy. They're making a Blade Runner game. And they nailed the audio, dude. I don't know if you watched the Ryan Gosling Blade Runner that came out kind of recently. It was a masterpiece. No, I didn't. Masterpiece. I, I, I need to watch it. Honestly, I need to watch the original and then watch <sighs> So that. good. I mean, I've I've watched the original, but it's been years. The original's not even seen. really good. It's good. The 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 thought process behind the original is really fantastic, but the acting's eh, not the greatest. You know, it, it is visually still impressive, but I, it really the bag the quote it's unquote. No, it's not Total Recall. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's not RoboCop either, or Terminator. <laughs> or, nothing beats T two. But uh, the thing is, is they they nailed the audio in this game trailer. And it's called Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. It just looks fucking awesome. And this... You don't really know what it is, but it does look cool. I'll say this. I'll say this. We know that Annapurna is good with environments because Stray, the environment in Stray was awesome. And uh, it's not that too far of a leap and a jump to Blade Runner world. And I bet you that's kind of what got him thinking. To be fair, Annapurna is the publisher, not the developer. Who developed so, Stray? But are you sure? Uh, B B B two, um, uh, the same name as the robot in the game. Uh, Blue Twelve. B- yeah, B Twelve. So yeah, you're. Uh, this is why you're on the show, man, because you can always correct me and say dumb shit. <sighs> but they were involved with Stray. And they capped off the end of the Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth yeah. video with a Stray's fucking sick. They showed a fucking cat in the background, which maybe is why I was thinking they did something with Stray. But they were. They were the, they were the publisher, not the developer. All right. Very good. But this game looks awesome. If you guys like the Blade Runner series or are interested in that futuristic shit, this – So Blade – it looks like it looks like Blade Runner – sorry, Annapurna is actually internally developing this game. Correct. It looks nice. awesome. It really looks really good, man. And then uh, let's hop back on the whole layoff train. And this one's kind of weird. And uh, nothing but weird news today. And we're almost through the news, guys. It's going to be a shorter show. Uh, BioWare is next in line. Uh, next in line to have some layoffs. So they're now finishing up uh, Dreadwolf, which is the uh, Dragon Age game. And I don't know if they're finishing it up, but it's on their docket, right? They're working on that. And then they're also working on the next untitled Mass Effect installment. Um, the general manager executive, uh, general manager of Bioware and the executive producer of Star Wars The Old Republic came together and indicated most recently that, that Star Wars The Old Republic is being sent off to Broadsword um, to, be, uh, to be worked on. 
and uh, that the current team that's working on the Old Republic, most of them will be invited to accompany that game on its move to Broadsword, but unfortunately not every role is going to make that move. So they're going to be laying off some people that are working on the Star Wars game. So um, weird. I guess they're just shooting that game out of the way so that they can focus on the rest of Dragon Age Dreadwolf and uh, the uh, Mass Effect title. So little Bioware info for you. That's a studio who hasn't put out shit in a long time. Yeah, I. it's very, very... Um believe it when you see it kind of territory with Bioware at this point. They, they have no goodwill. I mean, they, they haven't released a game worth playing since Mass Effect 3. So The last game that Bioware released... Well, they had some sort of Dungeons & Dragons thing they put out in 2023, but that doesn't really count. They did uh, the Bioware bundle... They did, in 2018, they did Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition, so it was a game that was already out. They did an Enhanced Edition of that in 2018. Short of that, the last game they put out was Inquisition in 2015, from what I can tell, looking on the internet real quick. They they did the Legendary Edition for Mass Effect, Mm, already fucking done. You know, they did do some nice work to it, but they haven't done shit, dude, in a long-ass time. Um... So I'm a little worried about Bioware and what they're up to, you know? Um, I don't know, Jake. They uh, they canceled Shadow Realms in 2015. Um, Andromeda... Oh, they released Andromeda in 2017. So they did put out Mass Effect Andromeda. So I take that back. And uh, I don't know... They they did Anthem. Sorry, take that back. They did Anthem in 2019, so I'm shooting myself in the foot again, which is what I do. But after Anthem in 2019, we haven't seen anything new from them. 19, 20, 20, 21, 21, 22. It's been about four years, but they did cancel Shadow Realms, like I said, and Andromeda really didn't do very well, from what I understand, and uh, Anthem did very poorly. So their last two releases have fallen short of expectations. Definitely. All right. Next news point. And uh, last news point. Um, we, we would be remiss to not mention Hideo Kojima again on the episode because we had such a nice short video of Jake just talking about Hideo Kojima on YouTube. And uh, if you guys want to clip out some shorts and post them, feel free to. But um, – yeah, dude. Uh, Hideo Kojima and Jim Ryan, there's a picture of them posing next to the Kojima Productions astronaut, and Hideo's wearing a PlayStation hoodie. No one knows why Jim Ryan was there. My guess is, is Sony's been making their rounds to check up on these mile markers to see where pe- studios are with their game pro- projects. And my guess is Jim Ryan just popped in to say, hey, where are we at on the uh, Death, Death Stranding 2? Show me what you got, Hideo. And he probably made Jim Ryan sign all kinds of shit and uh, sign his hoodie, too, while he was there. But I don't know, man. I That's probably what Jim Ryan was doing there, right? That would be my guess. Getting Kojima autographs? <laughs> no, looking at the pro- pro- <laughs> progress of Death Stranding 2, which I'm so excited uh, for. Yeah, probably. I mean, I never did beat Death Stranding. So fucking good. I'd like to get back to it at some point. 
I know everyone that's beat it loves it, but I I got like right to the point where you're about to get your first vehicle, and I wow. moved on to something else. Yeah, you have a lot of game ahead of you, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. But yeah, just so you, the listeners know, um, the next game to get canceled after Factions will be Death Stranding 2 because Bungie will say it does not meet the 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 games of service. No, I'm just kidding. Could you imagine? What if Bungie steps in and puts the kibosh on Death Stranding 2? There's no fucking way. But what if they're like, yeah, this was going to be a big surprise. It was going to be a games as a service. And uh, they're saying no go. Turns out it's a streaming only title for the Palm Pre. Oh my god. Where you have to plug it into your PS5 in order to fight the red guy, whatever the fuck his name mm-hmm. is. So that you can save the girl's baby from Norman Reedus. Right. And then the only way you can get past the one boss is to use a Blackberry and type in the cheat code. And then email it to your PlayStation Network account through a secret portal. And then you have to click the glyph with your iPhone and then you can beat the boss. <laughs> Dude. Definitely. What if they made There's shit? There's probably like one that? of those capture things in there too to yeah. make sure you're not a robot. Yeah, anyways, dude. Fucking Palm Pre. You remember that thing, dude? Yeah. Andy had one of those. Yeah, I know. Who did? He was so proud of it when he had it. Who? He bought it. He was so proud. Oh, and I, and I was, it was like awesome. But it was like 3G times. Yeah. Like early 3G times. Yeah. And it was like slow as fuck compared to what we got now. And uh, Times are changing, man. Yeah. Fair. Wouldn't wish that hell on anyone. Yeah, dude. Anyhow. Dude, that's it for the show. We do have a couple new games I want to talk about before we sign off. Now, Push Square did not have their ultimate list. They don't put it up till Sunday. We're recording this on Friday night. The reason being is, um, number one, Jake is going to be out of town for a while. And uh, reason number two, uh, we were late on our last show, so we want to make sure we give you a show here earlier this weekend for the patrons. And uh, if you are a patron, you get the show early sometimes, not always, but uh, we do upload it as soon as we can for all of the subscribers of the show. New games coming out. F1 Manager is coming out on July 31st. MX vs. ATV Legends Season 1 on July 4th. Star Sand on July 7th, Vengeful Guardian on July 7th, and The Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie Deluxe Edition on July 7th. I'm sure there are more games hitting the PlayStation Network, but those are the only ones I could find. So deal with it, you listeners. Jake? I I don't know that there's anything there. Star Sand, dude? That I was like, th- there was a game. There was a. What's that? Star Sand. Star Sand. I don't even know what it is. I mean. It's awesome looking. It sounds like. it's It's got a 30% on GOG. No, it's save oh, 30%. Nice. Sorry. Save 30%. <laughs> save 30%. Let's oh, see. What, what did IGN have to say about Star Sand? Um, Star Sand, made by Tunnel Vision Studio, is not rated. 29 hours to beat the main story. And it says it's a mystic survival game set among the dunes of an arcane desert, an open world full of danger, vast environments, and mysterious happenings await you. Explore, hunt, craft, build, and survive. It looks weird as fuck. 
It's um, yeah, it's like it looks like they want to be Assassin's Creed first person. It, I don't know. It's like a, it's it's like a Rust or something like that, but you're in a freaking desert as opposed to, uh, um, I don't know, freaking a mountain or something. I don't I don't know anything about Rust, but I. <sighs> I'm not going to lie, like, every time I see these, like, MX versus ATV games and stuff like that, I always I always get thrown back to one of my f- absolute favorite fucking PS2 games, and my brother will know if he's listening to this podcast, was ATV Off-Road Fury and ATV Off-Road Fury 2. We had those for PS2, and they, we got some of the most mileage out of those fucking games of any games that we had growing up. It was like those games and Grand Theft Auto 3 slash Vice City got the most mileage between just like passing controllers around or racing each other or doing like running around like because they had these like open world modes. Where you could just like it was just a fucking open world, and you were on an ATV and you just rode around and like jump shit and like went real crazy and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would ever get back into one of these games. It'd have to be arcadey, like the old ones were. Like some of these games are too, like the new like Monster Energy Supercross and all this stuff. Like they're right. too, they're too like simmy. Like I want. A fucking arcadey ass like ATV game again. So maybe that's what this is. I don't know, but I, I don't know that I, I care enough to jump back into it, something like this. Maybe there's maybe if there was a demo, I'd play it. But I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I I think one of my one of the games I got the most mileage out of on PS2 might have even been PS1 was Cool Borders. Oh yeah, that game was sick. Um, I played Cool Borders a lot. PS One game. Yeah, I love that game. The Grand Theft Auto games, like you're saying. Um, I really enjoyed PS One game. I really enjoyed. I liked. Did you ever play? um, Do you remember they had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, right? Yeah. And then they released uh, Sean Palmer snowboarding. No, I never played it. It was like the. It was like Sean Palmer's pro snowboarder. It was. I think that was on PS2, and it was in the same vein as Tony Hawk, but it was a snowboarding game. And uh, pretty cool. The only snowboarding game I really put a lot of time into on PS2 was SSX and SSX Tricky, uh-huh. both of those games. Um, even though like they weren't what I wanted, I wanted more of like a like a Tony Hawk-style snowboarding game or like a 1080 snowboarding on uh N64, I don't know if you remember that at all. No. But, uh, 1080. I remember, like, in 1080 snowboarding, you had to, like, do this ridiculous button combination to Mm -hmm. do a 1080, which is just, like, rotating three times in the air. Whereas, like, a lot of other games, you literally just go off the jump and just press, like, the left or the right, and he just, like, rotates in the air. And so, like, it was pretty wild, but, uh, yeah, I don't really have a whole... so, So... I was looking at Sean Palmer's Pro Snowboarder. Got a 3 out of 10 on IGN. So that tells you how good that game was. Yeah, very, very good apparently. (laughs) I don't know that it was that bad, but uh, it wasn't all that, uh, all that. I would say the original Red Faction I played the shit out of. And then... Fuck yeah, dude. If we want to go back to Sega Genesis, there was this fucking game called Skitchen. Have you ever played fucking Skitchen? I don't know if I've 
That's the skateboarding one? Nah, dude. Skitchin? Uh, according to Wikipedia, this game, I could not get enough. Puts the player in control of an inline skater, so rollerblades, competing in a tournament spanning 12 different cities, including Vancouver, New York, and San Diego. The skater advances to the next race by finishing in fifth place or higher against a varying amount of opponents. During a race, the skater can accelerate, jump, crouch, attack neighboring racers, and engage in skitching, the act of clutching onto a moving vehicle's bumper to gain momentum. It says at any point yeah, so that, that is a, that is a skateboarding term too. So yeah, at any, that's why I was confused, dude. At any point while sketching, the skater can propel themselves off the bumper, which can be used to slingshot to another vehicle or escape from an opponent. Sketching on the same vehicle, who will try to shove the skater off. Weapons such as nunchucks, chains, pipes, crowbars, whips, and baseball bats can be picked up off the road and used to attack opponent racers. Traffic cones on the side of the road may indicate a nearby weapon. Some opponents wield the aforementioned weapons, which can be taken and used by the skater if the enemy racer is attacked as they are holding the weapon out to strike. The skater can carry multiple weapons at once and cycle through them to select a weapon for use. The skater can also perform tricks after skating off a ramp. If the player presses one of the buttons while the skater is midair, and it says when a trick is successfully performed, a trio of judges momentarily appear in the lower left corner of the screen and rank the trick's complexity. This game, you start with money, um, $100. You earn more money when you win races. And then you get more money for sketching on certain cars and performing tricks and knocking down opponents. Um, and then every new race requires an entry fee to get in. This fucking game was the best Sega Genesis game, hands down. Better that than Streets of Rage, true, but the music. No fucking way. Yeah, dude. This this game looks like, and I'm so platforms. I'm trying to look at the developers. EA Canada. They need to cut. They need to make another fucking skitchin, dude. This game was so good. I mean, it's not... This game literally, to me, looks like a... It looks like It's like Road a, Rash, dude. Yeah, it's a fucking... Uh, uh, like a, like a ro- inline rollerblading version of Road Rash. And it is also... They're both EA games. People remember heartwarming ads. Oh, so... Bundle and save. I had an ad come up. I apologize. I was trying to find Skitchin. Um, I, trying, I, I wanted you guys to hear the soundtrack because the soundtrack to Skitchin is so good. They've got like grunge sounding songs and like like definitely nineties grunge sounding shit that they wrote for the game, but it's so good. It's like some of these. We should cover a fucking Skitchin song, dude. Yeah, wild. I, I'm I'm done talking about Skitchin. It's so good though. If you've played Skitchin, write us. At awesome at gmail.com. Also, if uh, you uh, have anything to say about this show, have any comments, feedback, please, please, please write and let us know. Uh, you know, make sure to send us $10,000 every day of your in your existence. And uh, Jake and I will never have to work a job again. And we'll talk all the fucking PlayStation you want. Um, I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh, I'm just acting goofy. But no, we do appreciate you guys listening. And uh, for real... Um, let us know what games you guys are excited for. If you guys are VR2 owners, um, what do you think of the way Synapse and, and Hubris look? Uh, what what are what games should Jake get for his VR2? 
Um, but of course, he's not going to play it till the weather gets cold. Um, but I'm curious to hear your guys' input on all of that. I, I did really like Beat Saber, but I didn't um, didn't stick with it. I need to get back to that and play it. But I think I have the same problem that Jake has. So, Jake, anything you'd like to say before the end of the show today? Um, no, nah, I don't think so. I think I'm good. I am really excited to go on vacation. Tomorrow is a cleaning day. I don't know about you, but I have this thing where I fucking hate leaving for a period of time and coming back to a dirty house. Mm. I don't know why. It makes me want to kill myself. So Sarah and I are going she, – she actually did a lot of cleaning today. Um, but tomorrow I'm going to help her. We're going to get the yard mode. Uh, and I'm gonna get the uh, or I'm gonna get the yard mode, and then we're gonna get the house all spick and span, so that when we get back from vacation, it's not. Uh, I don't immediately feel stressed as soon as I walk in the door, which is gonna happen anyway because I gotta fucking literally drive straight to Erie to play a show. Dude, I hope your flight doesn't get canceled. I'm sorry about <laughs> so, that mix up. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It is what it is. I, I, I should have probably checked the website, but um, before I booked the flights. But it's uh, it is what it is, man. It is. What Enjoy it your is. vacation. If you can't, if you Play can't on. make it back in time, dude. I don't know what we're gonna do. I'll go play fucking solo if I have to. You know what I mean? You guys could play without me. I mean, it would it wouldn't sound as full, but you could do it. Yeah, it'd be rough. I it think just, we'll it be would fine. just sound. It'll be fine. It would just sound. The listeners are like, "What the hell are these guys talking weird. about?" Long story short, we had a show booked at this place uh, for a long time. We have a Google Calendar. Apparently, it wasn't syncing with Jake's calendar on his phone, and uh, he booked this vacation. And the day he flies back. To town is the same evening we have this gig. So if there's any flight issues, it's going to be fucking cutting it really close. But that's all right. We'll be good. Yeah, I have a bit of a I have a bit of a window. So, but it really boils down to like as long as it's not my flight's not delayed like three or four hours, I should be okay. You're not flying over the wildfires in Canada, so you should be fine. No, no, I should be all right. But uh, yeah. I guess we'll find out. Well, worst case scenario, I'll build an airplane and I'll come pick you up in it. Okay. All right. Or what you can do? <laughs> don't you can don't do go there. Is, uh, don't. Just plug your plug your phone into the the PA and I'll call you. Oh, okay. And I will I will acapella the bass parts while you're playing the set. Mm. So you just plug your phone into the PA for the bass channel. <laughs> I'll acapella the bass parts while you guys are playing the rest of the song, and it'll work out great. Yeah, nobody will know the wiser. Yeah, I'm not. Why do I? Why am I even worried? Yeah, it should be just fine. All right. Anyways, thanks for tuning in to another episode of PS. This is awesome. We are a monthly, weekly, sorry, weekly podcast. We used to be monthly. We're weekly now, and they tune in every Monday. If you are a patron, you get the show early, and this the end of the show is just always way too fucking long. And I apologize. Um, I'm going to quit ranting. Like Red Matter 2, Relayer, and Romantylvania. P.S. P.S. This, this is awesome. Awesome.